And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in His Son. Alleluia, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. Please be seated. Have you ever had to testify about something? I remember one time being in court, and they said, and I was in my collar, and they said, do you swear to tell the whole truth, nothing but the truth, to help you God? And I said, are you kidding? They didn't find it funny. So I said, yes. To testify something means you are bearing witness. You are offering up your credibility to bear witness to something being true. The Word of God itself is bearing witness to the truth of eternal life. That eternal life is in Jesus Christ. The entire credibility of the Bible as God's Word depends on this. Is what it is saying true? Because it is bearing testimony. And so its credibility is on the line. This is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the proclamation of the Word of God. But just like in the Old Testament, when they were called to receive God's Word, not only upon their lives, but within their hearts, so we who are the New Testament in Christ, are to receive the Word of God within us, that we may become a living testimony to testify to the truth. And our credibility is on the line. That is why when the church calls into question the authority of the Bible as God's Word, it calls into question the credibility of not only the Bible, but of the witness of the church in Christ Jesus. We bear witness. But how good is our testimony? If people were to know us, and we all assume that to know us is to love us, right? But if people were to truly know us, would they see us as living testimonies to the fact that Jesus Christ is not only risen from the dead and that eternal life is in him, but that he is in us? That he is in us. I can say that if someone were to truly know me, to know my life, not only my public life, but my private life, I can honestly say that to the question, would they see me as a living testimony to the truth 
that Jesus Christ is risen, not only from the dead, but in my heart, the answer would be absolutely beyond the shadow of a doubt sometimes. Sometimes. Hopefully more often than not. Hopefully my life is either giving testimony to the truth of Jesus Christ or I'm in the process of self-examination and repentance to return to that call to be a living testimony. You are a living testament. Jesus says, this is my blood of the new testament. And we who have been washed in his blood, cleansed from sin and death in his blood, and have received his blood within us, are called to be a living testimony. So what is it that gets in the way sometimes of our lives publicly and privately being a living testimony? What's that? Sure. Pride. Now, thanks be to God, I never fall into pride. In fact, I'm very good at not falling into pride. I've excelled at it. I love to say I stink at self-loathing, but I'm great at uh, humility. (laughs) Pride does get in the way. A lot of times fear gets in our way. Sometimes simply the weight of the world gets in the way. Sometimes despair casts out hope. Sometimes darkness lessens the light. It may come in the form of burdens or sin or despair or unforgiveness or pride, or our need for control. Sit up straight, Deacon Bob. Or (laughs) it can come in many forms, but it gets in the way of our being a living testimony as individuals and as a church family. As a church family. It gets in the way. We are not unlike the apostles. If you look at the gospel today, it says on the evening of that day. What day? The day of resurrection. Easter day. Not only had God himself in the person of Jesus confronted sin and death on the cross, but he has been already raised in victory. He has overcome the world by the power and truth of his word. The world will pass away, but his word is eternal. He has put his credibility on the line, and his word is truth. He has already risen, and they have heard from witnesses that he is alive. And yet, where are they? On the greatest day of human history, the day of the resurrection, when God's victory 
over sin and death on the cross is revealed to the world on the greatest day in all creation, the day where we see a new creation coming forth, they are hiding away. These are, the, these, these are the apostles, the foundation of the church, and they're hiding away. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. So evening is coming, and the doors are shut. Now the doors... What does that mean, actually? It's not like, well, we're just going to shut the door. You know. Yeah, well, no, they don't want to go home. They're afraid they're going to be looked for at home. What does it mean? The doors are what, actually? They're locked. The doors are locked. Jesus, the risen Lord, is out there, and they're over here hiding away behind locked doors. Why are they hiding? And why are they behind locked doors? The risen Christ is out there. But just like when they were in the boat and they were terrified by the power of the storm and they saw the risen Christ coming to them, they wanted to go to him, but they saw something separating them from their Lord, and that was the power of the storm. They saw Jesus, they wanted to go to him, but the storm was between them and Jesus. Except for Peter. Peter jumps right out. No storm is going to keep me from the Lord. And he jumps right out. But then, as soon as he's on the water, he begins to worry about the storm. You see, he shifted his focus from Jesus. You see, we're supposed to be focused on Jesus, but aware of the storms of our life. He sw uh, swapped them, switched them. He was focused on the storm and aware of Jesus, and immediately he begins to drown. And you see, just like this, just like the time when Jesus came to them walking on the water in the midst of the storm, which, by the way, uh, foreshadows the church, the, the ark of the new covenant, that little boat foreshadows the church, and the apostles are in it, and Christ, they are in the midst of the storm, the midst of the world, and Christ is with them. Just like that day, he is risen and alive and out there somewhere. Just like that little guy I love to imitate uh, in the land of Oz when they knock on the door and he opens it up. Go away! And he shuts it. I, yeah, I do too. I, just, I don't know who that guy is, but I love that line. Go away! Right? That's what the apostles, he's out there, but we can't get to him. He's out there somewhere, but we can't get to him. Why? Because we are afraid. They were gripped by their fear. Their hopes, as they understood Christ, right? That's the, this is my Jesus thing. They wanted a Jesus in their image and likeness, one they were comfortable with, one that was going to set Israel free in the way they understood and reign on an earthly throne the way they wanted, and they would be exalted uh, above all the people so they could be seen. 
all of those hopes dashed. Despair has replaced hope, darkness has replaced light, and their image of what Jesus, the Christ, should be is fallen away and replaced by the truth. Replaced by the truth. And they're hiding away in the darkness because they are gripped by fear. They are gripped by fear. So the door's being shut for fear of the Jews. Do you think that they shut the doors but had all the, the candles burning? No, they probably had the light down low as well. Right? Have you ever, someone, ever some, someone's coming to your house and you don't want them to know your home? What do you do? Turn off the light. Turn off that TV. Right? <laughs> Who's out there? Your mother is out there. Right? <laughs> right? Shh. No one make a noise. Right? Because we're hiding away. All the lights off. See, that's it. They're, they're not in light. They're in darkness. They're not walking in hope. They're in despair. Jesus is risen, and they are entombed by their fear. In the midst, well, first of all, what are some of our tombs that keep us from walking in the light of Jesus and the victory of Jesus? We've said some, pride, control, our need to create Jesus in our image, what are some of the other things that keep us locked away, hiding away? Money. Money. Says the woman who said this morning, do you got 10 bucks? Yeah, yeah. Fear and shame. Fear, shame, money, pride, control. Fear of ridicule. That was a stupid answer. Anyway. <laughs> Do you get it? That's ridicule. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wanted to make sure, lest we never see Susan again. <laughs> right. Fear of ridicule, lack of vision. Looking at the outcome thinking that what we can see is going to be reality rather than what God can do with what we give him. Right. These are the things along with sin and unforgiveness and pornography and promiscuity and a filthy mouth and prejudice and everything else that engulfs us so that we are entombed. And yet, just like for the apostles, he is risen. He is alive. He's out there. But guess where he wants to come? In here. Jesus wasn't raised to immediately ascend into heaven and sit on a throne so we can all look up and say, look, he is risen, look, he's alive. Jesus is raised so he can first come to us personally and set us free from our tombs in this life. He comes to us because before he's enthroned in heaven, where does he want to be enthroned? In our hearts. In our hearts. 
to be alive. And so they're hiding away on the day of resurrection, the greatest day in the history of creation. The doors are locked. They're in the darkness. They're gripped by fear. They are captives. They are slaves. They are uh, prisoners. They're entombed. And yet, what does Jesus do? He comes right into the midst of them. He comes right into their midst. And that's what Jesus is doing today. He wants to come into your heart and your heart and your heart. He wants to come in wherever you're hiding, whatever has gripped you, whatever has weighed you down, and he wants to come right in and say, peace be with you. Peace be with you. Now, this isn't the peace that means come to Jesus and everything goes perfectly fine, right? But it does mean that there is a peace within our hearts which the world cannot understand. One where no matter how fierce the, the raging storm is, we believe and we trust that the world is for a time, but the Word is forever. And we believe in the testimony of the Bible because we believe that it is credible. And we believe that Jesus Christ truly is our Savior. And then we become a living testimony. If we have Jesus risen in our hearts in the midst of the storms of this world, then we become a living testimony. Not only as persons, but as a church family. We are to bear witness that Christ is risen. That Christ is risen. Yesterday, a few of us met with some former parishioners of St. Anne's Church. And when we were done, we asked them if they wanted to, to come into the church. And one woman, standing at the door, hadn't even gone in yet, began to shake a little bit and to cry. Because she knew that for the first time in almost ten years that those doors were not locked. Actually, they were. I had to send Deacon Susie running around to come in. But that doesn't work well with the sermon. Those doors were not locked. <laughs> and so she began to cry. And she came in and she felt like she was at home. She saw that the Lord was being raised anew, that this was now again the house of God. But none of that matters. If we don't make him risen in our own hearts and then together bring out that good news to other people. 
That's our call. The question becomes, are we going to keep Jesus out there and hide behind locked doors in darkened rooms? You don't have to actually raise your hand, but you know how many people have ever been hidden away by unforgiveness, either for yourself or for another or for God? How many people were hiding away behind locked doors because of depression or anxiety? How many people have been ever hiding away because of deep woundedness? Maybe from your childhood. Or from sin, some sin that had such a hold on you, you didn't know who you were apart from it anymore. Let him in. He didn't create you and die for you and rise for you, for you to be slaves to that. Nor for me. But to be risen and alive. that we may become living testimonies. If the world is in our heart, then our hearts along with the world will die. But if the Word is in our heart, then like the Word, our hearts shall never die. What testimony will we bear as a church family and as individuals to the world? in the midst of the trials and tribulations of this world, in the midst of the storms of this life, in the midst of death, in the midst of hardship, in the midst of anxiety and depression and unforgiveness and pride, in the midst of addiction, what will we proclaim? Lord, let it be for me that I receive you on your terms and by the truth of thy word. Be raised within my heart so I can truly understand and see you raised and ascended to the right hand of the Father. Let me be a living testimony for our credibility as ones who bear the name Christian is on the line. Let us make him known. Who's with no, I'm not gonna, Who's with me? Yo. <laughs> Yo. That's, why, that's why I didn't say it. I didn't know what kind of responses I was going to get. But how about amen? Who's with me? Amen. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Hallelujah. <laughs>